Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host, Aaron, aka the Cricket Connoisseur, and on my left for today's special Royal London One Day Cup review show, I'm joined by Lancashire's Her Game to Ambassador and huge fan of the Red Rose, Miss Paige Corns. So Paige, first things first, thank you very much for joining me here on the podcast today. It's an absolute pleasure to get you on to chat about all things county crickets. I have to ask, how's your day been so far? It's been good, thank you. Yes, it's a, it's really great to be on. Um, this, you know, having listened to it, it's nice to now be a part of it. I'm usually getting my review from the show, so it's nice to kind of give it myself. But thank you for having me on. Well, Paige, it's an absolute pleasure, and obviously nice to have some Lancashire perspective on the podcast as well, instead of the usual Warwickshire bias. Don't worry, listeners, today. The Bears' bias won't be too insufferable, seeing as we did lose our game to Leicestershire at Grace Road yesterday. But we have got a lot to discuss in today's podcast, in particular from Group A. We've seen some outstanding performances in that group over the course of the past four or five days. But before we get into the analysis, the main chunk of today's episode, Paige, I just wanted to know a little bit more about yourself, really, and what the Royal London One Day Cup means to you as a Lancashire fan, because the Red Rose have got such an illustrious pedigree, a history, a rich heritage in this competition. They've won 16 List Day trophies over the course of their history. To you as a fan, what does the Royal London One Day Cup actually mean? I mean, it's probably my favourite kind of, it's probably my favourite format kind of 50 over. I think, not that I don't kind of love the others, but it kind of, you get more of a story, I guess, than say the T20 cricket, but then it's not, a, you get your result, which you don't get in kind of the longer formats of, you know, red ball cricket. So it's really just enjoyable to get everything all in one day, but you can still have the ebbs and flows that come with it because of kind of how much longer it is than a T20. So I just love it from that angle as well. And for me personally, it's been a competition that I've struggled with watching in the past because of the scheduling. Um, mainly I found that it kind of has always fallen around exam season because I've just kind of only graduated two years ago. So kind of the last two years have been my first time of really getting into this. And so it's been really enjoyable to follow it more this year and start to see different players and, diff- and showcasing different skills and abilities because of the differences that 50 over cricket can bring compared to your county championship and then your T20 blast. So it's it's really enjoyable for me to watch. And we've always had, as you say, Lancashire has always been very good at kind of producing kind of the players for this tournament. And so it's nice to watch it because it's enjoyable to watch us win, isn't it? You know, you always <laughs> want to see your team win. So it is just, you know, really refreshing to see you know, and I'm so glad that I've kind of been able to pass kind of couple of years with kind of the scheduling movement and also just personal reasons of graduating. So I'm no longer in education. So I can really get stuck into it because it is such a great tournament as we've seen in the past couple of weeks and then in the past years of this tournament. And I just hope that we can add to our tally of trophies. <laughs> Yes, who knows? 2022, maybe the year that Lancashire add trophy number 17 to the List Day Trophy Cabinet. Only time will tell, Paige. But that was a lovely description of what List Day Cricket means to us as fans. I completely echo the sentiment. And in terms of this year's trophy so far, the competition itself, 
what's been your standout moments as a Lanx fan? I think it's really been maybe not so much a moment. It's just been kind of the real team effort. I think is for me is noticing that we haven't had one standout player. We haven't had that one person who's had that either huge innings or has had that one kind of time with the ball where they've taken a five or more, you know. And also we've had a you know, relatively good start to the season, so there's not been those moments where we've either turned it all around or it's just been seeing how it has been really a real cohesive team effort. Because if you've you know, you look at our games, there's one you know, there's different people in it each time that stand up, especially with the bat, you know. So I think it's just kind of seeing how well our team gels together. You know, there is no one who's really out of place and even people who come into the side who are kind of new signings or overseas like Washington Sundar for or us this year he hasn't come out and looked like an outlier you know but he doesn't fit and I think that's kind of a huge part of Lancashire just generally um with their signings and overseas players but it's just that real team environment that team you know cohesion you know they all work together you know so that's kind of been what I've taken out really from this tournament so far. Well, fair enough, Paige. And as you mentioned, rightfully so, Blanks are having a very, very good time of it, aren't they? Washington Sundar has been an excellent signing, as has Will Williams. Again, he probably won't have much of a, a mention on this week's podcast. I have got a different bowler for my standout bowling performance, but he's been a revelation, hasn't he, for the Red Rose? Yeah, it's been so good. Because obviously it was kind of a, it was a shock, certainly to me, when we first signed him, because um, it was during the county championship, um, it just kind of came out of nowhere. And it was just kind of for the one game, if I remember Against rightly. And then, yeah, and then obviously that was a good game for us. I won't comment further. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and, and then um, suddenly he, we had a three and a half year deal with him and he'd signed as kind of a local player, you know, and... You know, considering a hell of a lot of us would not have heard of him before, I had no idea who he was in, when we first saw that he'd signed. And he's just produced belters, hasn't he? Like, he, he's just had so many good performances and he just seems to come out of nowhere. And I think it should, Lanks have just been so good with their signings of late. You know, if, if, even if you went across all the competitions, you know, when we had Hassan Ali and we've had, obviously... There was Will Williams and then Washington Sundar has been great for us already. And then if you look at the blast, we had Tim David, who got off to a really good start with us. And it's just, it's so great as being a fan because it's like, can you do any wrong with your signings? They all seem to be paying off. They're worth every penny. Well, they most certainly have been. Again, as a Warwickshire fan, I wish I could echo that sentiment. Our signings this summer haven't quite had the same impact just yet, although Crinnell Pandia has had a good start to the Royal London One Day Cup, but it has been a very, very promising season for the Red Rose of Lancashire so far, I must say, and the Royal London One Day Cup has been absolutely no difference for the Northwestern County at this point in time. But talking of Lanx's group then, Group B, I say, Paige, because you're our, our guest on the podcast, we actually start with your county's group this week, as opposed to Group A. So in terms of our standout batting performance of the week, Paige, what have you chosen as your real go-to display from Group B? Well, I'd like to obviously be biased and 
picking a lanx player but i think something that i've you know I've noticed is rob jones for lancashire and i think if anyone's kind of caught up with lancashire's past couple of games they would be very they'd kind of echo that sentiment because he kind of had a rough start to the season and, and that's in multiple formats and there was very much the you know the talk around Lancashire fans who've just wanting him dropped I think essentially is is it he wasn't scoring any runs wasn't really doing anything and when we could bring some you know thinking if we could bring somebody else in and then it's almost like he's took that extremely personally and decided to go out there and score as many runs as he can and he's won us the past couple of games and so obviously it's great to see because you know that's what you want kind of from your players if they do have that kind of patch where they don't seem to be going anywhere and everything just seems just like they're a walking wicket for, for batsmen and then they just come out of nowhere and decide to kind of prove us all wrong and I think all we can do is hold our hands up and say thank goodness thank you for doing that because otherwise we wouldn't be in the position that we are he's probably yes we've had some good bowling performances but he's the reason why you know we're in the position that we are in um so I kind of have to be a bit biased and say that and especially because I watched that innings well I watched both of them for the past two games and just watching it it just it was so nice to see because it was exactly what was needed for the for the respective games you know, it wasn't like he went out and bashed everything, but it wasn't like everything was really slow either and that he, his strike rate was ridiculously low. You know, I think he timed it for his innings and for the game situation, which you can't really ask for more. Well, no, you can't. And to be honest, Paige, I quite like that choice. Rob Jones, he's having an interesting season, isn't he? In Red Bull cricket, hasn't quite had the impact which a lot of Lanx fans would have liked to have seen. He did have that knock in the Warwickshire game alongside Luke Wells at Edgebaston. But I definitely agree, the Royal London One Day Cup, it's almost this brand new start for him, isn't it, in a way, to allow him to gather some confidence and momentum in his game. As you rightfully said, he has been very good this week. So, Rob Jones, I like that choice, Paige, I must say. He's not who I've selected, but I can definitely appreciate that from a Lancashire perspective. In terms of my stand-up batting display, and I could choose one of two, and I will just get the honourable mention out of the way, which is Lewis Reese's 135 against Worcestershire. Outstanding knock. Great bloke, funnily enough, started his career up with the Red Rose of Lancashire as well. He did, did yeah. Reece. I've seen him a couple of times in, in second team games at Blackpool when they've ventured here. Um, so he's kind of one that his name always sticks out to me because yeah. it's like, and I kind of remember him being, that kind of tends to happen. I think we all do with players who we've had in our academies and our development systems, you know, when we spot them in other counties, we just, they, they pique our interest a little bit more. Yeah, they do. I mean, this guy doesn't really count as coming through our academy. Again, funnily enough, this really is a Lancashire heavy podcast, but I definitely get that same feeling when it comes to Keith Barker. I, I still find it very, very tough to see him in a shirt that isn't donning the bare and ragged staff, but he's an outstanding cricketer. Is King Keith, so... Yeah, again, I, I must say I do agree with that sentiment. But talking of Hampshire, that is actually the county where my standout batting display actually comes from this week. And that is, of course, Toby Albert. Toby Albert, the man who I've coined as Ben Basingstokes, because that was where he's born, in the southern county. 
he scored a stoic 84 outs from 96 balls against Derbyshire to take Hampshire to a thrilling two-wicket victory at the Encora ground, which didn't just happen once, actually. They then proceeded to win another game by two wickets against your county of Lancashire yesterday, didn't they, Paige? It's been quite the, the campaign so far for the Rose and Crown of Hampshire. But Toby Albert is 20 years old. And for him to have back-to-back batting displays, marshalling the tail, showing that responsibility, shouldering the onus and the pressure so superbly is a fantastic sign for Hampshire fans heading into the future. He's 20 years old. It's staggering. Paige, I'm not sure how much you saw of him in yesterday's game, but he really does look quite a bright prospect, doesn't he, for the Rose and Crown? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he he played a very important knock yesterday against Lancashire. um, And, you know, probably what took them to their win against Lancs, um, to be honest with you. And it was really well-timed, a bit like how I was describing Rob Jones. It was it was very much suited to the situation. He didn't just come out and quickly try and tee off. He, he also wasn't really slow. Everything was managed well. And considering what was happening at the other end and, you know, Lanks were never out of it, really. Um, but he really brought it home for Hampshire yesterday. So, um, obviously, I watched more of that innings. Not that I necessarily enjoyed it as much yesterday. But, um, no, it was... I definitely echo your sentiment again for him. Um, it just it looked brilliant yesterday, and it's a shame to say. <laughs> yeah, it is when it's against your county. But again, in this year's Royal London One Day Cup, we are seeing this, aren't we? The emergence of brand new talents. And Toby Albert, that 84 against Derbyshire was his fourth career list day match. It's staggering. He's played five games for Hampshire in the format, and he's already produced two match-winning performances. So... Toby Albert, hashtag Ben Basingstokes, outstanding. Really, really impressed with him and his performances in the RLODC this week. But aside from standout batting displays then, let's move swiftly on to standout bowling displays. And Paige, again, I'll start with you first for Group B this week. Who's really caught your eye in the bowling department over the course of these past few days? Well, I'm mainly kind of speaking of what I watched because obviously I mainly watched the Lanks games, but I'd actually probably say um, kind of staying on the Hampshire kind of train, if we will. Um, there was uh, Campbell yesterday and um, Turner, that's the one. I knew they were both beginning with the first names, both J's. Um, I think John Turner's Pfeiffer against Lancashire yesterday was absolutely brilliant. I mean, the Hampshire as a unit bowled really well, I felt, yesterday. Um, so he'll probably be my standout bowler, but I did want to give a mention to Jack Campbell because for his age, because I think he was he's only um, he's 22, I think, you know, when he kind of came in and he just bowled really well. And he was just, it wasn't necessarily completely outstanding, but when you're just watching it and you just enjoyed it, and you just watched it and it was so good. And um, I think those two together will really be really, you know, kind of brought it home for Lang- uh, Hampshire even. You know, so I'd have to say that kind of mainly Turner, because of his fire fit, it was just brilliant to watch. But then just a special mention to Campbell. Well, again, I, I like those choices. In particular, Turner, again, his name might pop up in in due course for another category 
at least in my opinion, for this week's show. But Jack Campbell's a really interesting one because he was touted as a very bright prospect for Durham. Never really broke through into the first 11 setup. He's gone down to Hampshire and all of a sudden he's been a revelation in that young bowling attack, which does involve Keith Barker as well, who's in his late 30s. But there are also some some very young players in that Rose and Crown bowling attack. And yet they've they've just become such a well-oiled unit. And that really is a testament to the hard work and dedication of Hampshire's bowling coach, Graham Welsh. They really do look like such a well-drilled and well-oiled machine. This Hampshire team could well lift the trophy. I'm not going to say domestic treble, but white ball double is definitely on the cards for this Hampshire outfit in 2022. And John Turner, as you rightfully said, Paige, yeah, definitely a large reason behind that. He's been quite the revelation for the Southern County so far in 2022. And talking of Southern Counties, I did see that Pfeiffer from John Turner and was immensely impressed. Until I saw another bowling display, this time from a 17-year-old South African leg spinner by the name of Luke Benkenstein. Figures of 6 for 42 from 10 overs against Glamorgan in Chelmsford. How impressive is it to see a 17-year-old taking figures of 6 for 42 in just his third career list day match? Yeah, no, I, I kind of saw that on Quick Info and I was like, you know, it wasn't a name that kind of rang a bell. And they can look and do it. And this is, he's really fresh on the scene. Um, and to come in and I don't, don't think he maybe took a wicket in his other game, I think, anyways. And he comes in and takes six for. And it's mm. just, what'd you say? Like, it was just his game. I think he must have just come out and he just made it his own. And I guess all you can really say is just applaud and just say well done. Because sometimes bowlers have those days. It's not nice when it's against you, but and it's it's great if it's for your team. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was just one of those, he was just on song and go credit to him. Well, exactly. It was a serious display of legs being bowling for someone just appearing in their third career game. Third game. In this young career, and he's taken six for 42 against the defending champions of this competition. And in terms of one ball in particular, I know Essex fans would not forgive me if I didn't mention this particular delivery. The leg break to Sam Northeast, which stumped the informed Glamorgan batter, was outstanding, delectable, delightful, delicious. Whatever adjective you want to throw at this ball. It was marvellous. It was a thing of pure, natural, unrefined beauty from a 17-year-old leg spinner who's got the world at his feet quite clearly off the back of this performance. Incredibly impressive stuff indeed from the young leg spinner. But aside from standout bowling displays then, Paige, let's go on to our third and penultimate category for Group B this week, which is of course our standout under 23 player of the week. So which young player, which up-and-coming prospect has really taken your eye in Group B over the course of this past week or so? Um, well, I think it kind of goes back to, I guess we have to kind of speak about how, how much you're running away with Group B. You know, back to Campbell, I think he's been brilliant um, so far. Just from watching, I think sometimes you just watch plays and you just enjoy them and it might not be that they're taking fifers and whatnot or for batsmen taking loads of runs. But you just watch them and really enjoy them and just see the potential of them. Um, 
I'd like to mention Adam Finch from Worcestershire, who's just been, you know, he's their he's their leading wicket taker, you know, which can be kind of intimidating, is you know, when you're a young one in the side and there's older ones. You naturally you think more senior players take that role. Um but he seems to just be doing really well and I think it's important to notice all of that. And also I'm, I'm naming a million here, but Liam Travaskis is someone who as a Lancashire fan, is the most frustrating person to play against ever because I feel like every single time Lancashire play Durham, he just turns up. It's always his day. <laughs> and I think that echoes back to there was a 2018 blast game at Old Trafford where we should have won easy and he took it away from us. And then ever since then, every time we play them and his name's on the sheet, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> but I, I noticed that he'd had a really good game. He had a really good all-round game yesterday. Um, so he's someone I like to kind of keep an eye on because his name just sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Um, so just a mention for him as well. Fair enough. Again, we've had Liam on the podcast, actually. I believe it's for episode seven, all the way back in the early days of TCCP. And we did speak about that night at great length, obviously a career highlight for Liam Travaskis, the three wickets in that final over against Lanks at Old Trafford in 2018. But some nice choices there, Paige, I must say. And Jack Campbell, again, someone who is appearing quite often on today's podcast, definitely someone to watch out for in this year's competition. Very, very impressed with him indeed. I would have chosen Jack Campbell because, again, I like his story. I like his path into this Hampshire bowling attack. But for me personally, off the back of that Pfeiffer, and he also took two for 40 from 10 overs against Derbyshire earlier in the week, I've gone for John Turner. John Turner, watch out for this guy. 21-year-old South African, big, tall, ferocious seam bowler. Again, he is just proving to be a pivotal cog in this Hampshire machine. He's not tremendously experienced by any means, in, in particular in comparison to a Keith Barker, for example, in that Hampshire unit. But Goodness me, the ceiling on this guy is very, very high indeed. So John Turner, he'll be my choice. And then Paige, who do you have to select out of those three? If you had to choose one, who do you go with? I would probably, I have to echo John Turner just because of yesterday. I'm kind of still on that high, <laughs> you know, um, of kind of watching it and just being like, I'm obviously madly frustrated because it was against my team, but it was just so good to watch. And sometimes you it's just you just enjoy watching good batsmen bowlers regardless of who it's for and who it's against. You know, so um yeah, no, I'd have to very much agree with you there. There we go. That's not often that we have an agreement here on the Counter Cricket Podcast. Paige, you might have to get you on a bit more frequently. It's a feeling I'm not used to, especially when Matt's on the podcast and we're disagreeing about <laughs> everything under the sun. But John Turner then, he'll be our group B under twenty three player of the week and as we both said, deservingly so, off the back of those performances for Hampshire this week. And in terms of our fourth and final category page, I think, again, we might be in agreement, considering how much we've mentioned this county on the podcast so far today. Would you agree, Hampshire, this week, page five out of five, all oh, but securing I mean, that place in the semis already? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't fault them in some ways. Um, it has just been so good. And they are just, everything seems to be working for them and everything's connecting. And it's 
obviously as a Hampshire fan you just can't help but revel in it because it is just everything that you want as a cricket fan when you're watching um everything seems to be clicking so whatever they're doing there they well i'd rather they stopped doing it but it, you know you should in terms of cricketing um ability and things keep it up because it, they've found the the magic recipe well they most certainly have and i saw this tweet on on twitter yesterday actually i think they're now 18 games unbeaten across competitions they peaked at the right time in the t20 blast went on to win that trophy on finals day at edgebaston in the county championship still right up there as well in the mix heading into super september and now in the one day cup five from five yeah 2022 becoming quite the season for hampshire to say the very least and talking of those results then and the wider picture of group b at the end of this week's round of fixtures let's have a look at the group b table at the end of the fifth or in some cases fourth round of games at the top of the group b table are currently Hampshire County Cricket Club on 10 points. In second are Lancashire on 7 points. In third, with the game in hand, are Yorkshire County Cricket Club on 6 points. In fourth are Essex on 5 points. In fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth place respectively are Northants, Derbyshire, Glamorgan and Kent, all on 4 points apiece. And still bottom of the Group B table, having won 0 of their first five games are Worcestershire County Cricket Club on zero points. So Group B is heating up. It is all to play for. Everyone is vying for that second and third place. And all of these counties, aside from Worcestershire maybe, are still in with a very good shout indeed. So Group B, watch out for the conclusion of this group. It should be an absolute cracker heading into the course of the next week or so in the 2022 Royal London One Day Cup. But aside from Group B then, Paige, let's look forward to Group A. So in terms of standout batting display of the week, whose performance really stood out to you from Group A over the course of this past week? Well, obviously, I've been very much focused on Group B with my team being in it. But one name, mainly from yesterday, that has really stuck out is James Rue from Somerset, which is a shame because Somerset, I was actually really shocked to see when I saw the tables and saw them at the bottom, um, you know, and to kind of come in and although it was in a losing cause to, you know, score his first hundred, you know, and he's very fresh this year. I remember him, I think he debuted maybe against Lanks in the county championship. I think it was the game after. Um, and his name was just really stuck out. So I kind of have to say that because it was just, there's always something nice, you know, when a player has their first kind of big thing, whether it's their first five or their first hundred. Um, so there's really that nice buzz around him. And so I think that's why his name kind of sticks out the most. Well, fair enough, Paige. James Rue, former England under-19 wicketkeeper. And I just think back to our show back in February. I did the show with Bex. Shout out to Bex as well. Everyone's favourite Surrey fan. She mentioned his name, actually, in terms of standout performers from that tournament. And since then, in a Somerset shirt, at the age of 18, he's only 18 years old, he's now got a first class and a list A century to his name. So James Rue, definitely a bright prospect to watch out for in the West Country, heading into the rest of 2022, and of course, the years beyond. 
But in terms of my selection for this week from Group A, I would say I've gone with someone a little bit more experienced. This guy has played many a test for India. I have chosen Chateshwar Pujara and his record-breaking 174 from 131 balls against Surrey down in Hove. Now, Chateshwar Pujara, as if this wasn't already enough this week, scoring one century, also scored 107 against my county of Warwickshire at Edgbaston, scored a load of fours, load of sixes, almost brought Sussex single-handedly back into that game as the captain of the Martlet. So it's been an outstanding week for the Indian Test batter. And in terms of this particular performance, this is the highest list A score, individually speaking, by a Sussex player in the entirety of the club's history. The previous best of 171, set by David Visa back in 2019, has now been bested. So Chateshwar Pajara, take a bow. And just to give this some more context, as though this wasn't already an incredible enough individual display, Sussex were 9 for 2 within the first four overs of this game. They finished it 378 for 6, was the final total from the home side. Yeah, Chateshwar, excellent signing, marquee name, great team in county cricket. And of course, yes, deserves a lot of plaudits, a lot of praise for that particular batting display down on the south coast this week. Aside from standout batting performances then, Paige, let's go on to bowling displays, eh? Why don't we have a look at the standout bowlers from Group A this week? Who have you selected in the bowling departments from this group in the fourth, or in some cases, fifth round of RLODC fixtures? And Liam Passon White for his Fifer. Um, it was just for a day that kind of seemed to be, certainly in Group A, that seemed to be dominated by so many hundreds. It's nice to see such a big contribution from a young bowler. Well, it most certainly is. And LPW, a member of the TCCP Hall of Fame, he's since gone on to make his debut for the England Lions. He is a fantastic prospect, to say the very least. He slotted seamlessly from that Lions game against South Africa back into that Nottinghamshire bowling attack and took 5 for 45 against Durham at Grantham Cricket Club. As if that wasn't already impressive enough, and he showed great control, good flights, good aggression, as he usually does, to be honest. He's an outstanding spin bowler. It is Liam. Four of his dismissals were LBWs. So he noticed on this pitch, the arm ball, the faster delivery, just fired into the pads, was the go-to option, and he executed it quite superbly. So Liam Patterson-White, he's a name which has popped up time and time and time again in the county championship review shows in 2022. Take a bow, mate. Outstanding yet again. It's great to see a former guest excelling in both first-class and list-day cricket. And as I said, just remember the name. He's already playing for the Lions. He's been an asset to this Nottinghamshire bowling attack. And as if that wasn't already enough, the boy can bat as well. So LPW, take a bow. We're very proud here at TCCP. And yeah, definitely worthy of a mention on this week's particular roundup show for the Royal London One Day Cup. But Paige, aside then from individual performances, let's go on to the standout under-23 player of the week. Now, you've mentioned James Rue, 18-year-old superstar from Somerset. Would he be your selection for this category? Or has someone else in Group A potentially swayed your mind in this week's round of fixtures? 
Um, I really do think so. I think, you know, it's, he's kind of the one that really sticks in my mind because I remember, you know, his, you know, kind of talk about him kind of coming into his debuts this season. And then there is just that nice buzz around because there's, you know, it's a first hundred, you know, and whilst it was in a losing cause, there's, there's always that, it's just something nice to see as a cricket fan, um, you know, when you've got an up-and-comer and you can just kind of revel in the the nice aura of, oh, it's all fresh, it's, you know, it's like a baby, it's all new and, <laughs> you know, so it's, um, and I, I think he deserves the credit, you know, it's not easy and so, yeah, as I say, every credit to him. Well, to be honest, Paige, I think for this week, I completely agree. I would just like to give a little bit of a mention to a certain Warwickshire bowler by the name of George Garrett for that incredible 50th over against Sussex at Edgebaston. Ice in the veins, that's all you can describe it as, defended 12 runs, ultimately led the Bears to a four-run victory on home soil. I just thought I'd give a little bit of a mention to Gaz this week. He has been very good at death and... Again, very, very happy to see him. Another former guest who's doing very well indeed for his county side. But I think for this week, it's almost nigh on impossible to look past James Rue. This was yet another statement of intent from one of the brightest young prospects in the entire country. He had a little bit of a lean game against Leicestershire at Grace Rose earlier in the week. I think he scored 14 runs in that particular game. But to follow that up, with a 114 from 120 balls, which included nine boundaries against Middlesex on home soil. I just thought he stood out like an absolute star this week. So James Rue, 18 years old. He also took three catches behind the stumps. He's a very effective wicketkeeper for someone so young and, and so fresh. Two county crickets. He really does look like the real deal. So, James Rue, congratulations. TCCP's standout under-23 player of Group A for the second week of fixtures. So, Paige, before we look at the tables then, and we go on to the concluding elements of today's podcast, which will just be a little bit of a look ahead, really, to the next few games in this year's Royal London One Day Cup, who have you selected as your team of the week from Group A this week? Personally... I've gone with Leicestershire because they won both their games pretty convincingly. They beat Somerset by 45 runs, absolutely hammered the Bears at Grace Road yesterday by over 130 runs. And they're just seeming to build the momentum at the right time. We talk about this a lot. It's almost cliche in white ball cricket, but peaking at the right time. And I feel like with this Leicestershire side, they've got an established batting lineup. They've got plenty of power with the likes of Nick Welsh and Rishi Patel. They've got Louis Kimber, who, again, is a bit of a star in the making, if I was to, to say so myself. And then they've also got some good finishing options with the likes of VR Mulder. They've got Aaron Lilly. They've got Harry Swindles as well. Tom Scriven, no slouch with the bats. And then you've got some international quality bowlers with the likes of Mulder and Hendricks to supplement the rest of that attack. I've chosen the Foxes this week as a result of all of those factors and, of course, because of their performances. But... Would you agree with that or has another team maybe pipped the Foxes into that slot for this week? Yeah, no, I, I kind of, you know, looking at the fixtures and I saw that it was such kind of, not to rub it in, but a, a big win against the Bears. And, you know, kind of looking at the scorecard and just being like, considering how, 
you know, they started with the bat, you know, you would never have expected to for them to have won by over 100, you know, in, in what looks to be, you know, just off the basis of the score, so convincing. Um, but when you read into it, you know, so for them to kind of come from that position of being 18 for two or three, you know, to then build such a total and bowl so well um, is phenomenal, you know, and it just shows the depth that they have. And I think someone who's also been a standout is Mulder, I've, you know, I feel like I'm constantly seeing his name popping up because he's taking wickets or scoring runs. He's been such a great all-round package for them. And it's always, you know, we have a soft spot for Leicestershire, you know, and I always kind of, as long as it's not against Lancashire, they can always do well. Um, so, it's, you know, it's nice to see. And as you say, you know, it's, it's important for them to peak at the right time and to get those wins under their belt and then hopefully that momentum builds towards the, you know, kind of, Concluding stages, you know, group stages, and then hopefully beyond. So I'd have to agree because one, it was so convincing their last win, but then also it does very much seem to be like a team effort. You know, everyone's pitching in, which is exactly what you want from your team, um, and they've got some good individual players. So um, yeah, I'd have to agree. Again, agreement on the podcast. This is really refreshing. I must say, Paige, it really is compared to what I'm used to. So Leicestershire, they are our team of the week for Group A in this particular show. The only thing that I will say, if I was being a little bit nitpicky of the Foxes in this year's competition, is the spin department. And Paige, before we look at the table, just a few words, if you could, on this. Do you worry a little bit about Leicestershire spin bowlers in comparison to other counties? Because in the scene department... We mentioned the likes of Mulder. He got Rob Yates out with an absolute jaffer of an outswinger in yesterday's game. Boran Hendricks has been performing pretty well as well with the ball in hand. They've got the likes of Tom Scriven as well and Roman Walker to supplement those two South African international quality bowlers. Do you worry that that lack of an out-and-out strike bowling spinner could maybe prove to be the Foxes' downfall in this year's competition? I think it could be as we move further along, you know, you always, and I guess ground, you know, as you move around the different grounds, um, it could kind of be their downfall in some games, you know. Um, I think obviously they are kind of limited, that they've lost a couple of their kind of, their key players, you know, people like Parkinson I'm thinking of, um, to the hundred, so you would expect their development to kind of bring through and maybe that's an issue that has to be kind of dealt with through that way or through signings, you know, get, getting someone who really is, you know, as you say, an out-and-out out kind of spinner to kind of take on that role. Because um, obviously it's great that their seamers are currently doing everything, but there will come a time when they will need that extra option and then you don't have someone who is strong enough to rely on. Or even if it's, you know, one of the younger of plays obviously this is supposed to be developmental kind of tournament you know bringing you know a young up-and-comer from their ranks in um so maybe it's something that they can look to to the future and you know i guess it also as i say depends on a huge range of factors like their opposition and, and different grounds so as i say i think it's something for them to look out for well, it most definitely is, and it's interesting you mentioned the developmental side, actually, of this Foxes outfit, because they do have a good young spinner by the name of Nathan Bowley, who actually did
did score his maiden list day 50 just last week. And he also did take some wickets. So, again, competition for places in that Foxes side is very, very strong at the moment. But Nathan Bowley, just someone to watch out for, potentially on spinning wickets, he could just prove to be that bowler for the Foxes in this year's competition. We'll have to wait and see, won't we, as the tournament progresses. But talking of the wider tournament then, let's have a look at the bigger picture of Group A at the end of this second week of fixtures. Let's have a look at the table. Because at the top of the table, on eight points, are Middlesex County Cricket Club, having won four out of their first five games. In second place, also on eight points, but with a slightly inferior net run rate, are Leicestershire County Cricket Club, also on eight points. In third, fourth and fifth, respectively, all on six points apiece, are Sussex, Nottinghamshire and Gloucestershire. In sixth, and my county of Warwickshire, still technically in the mix, although we have got a game in hand, so we could find our way up the table at the end of next week's round of fixtures. But the Bears are currently on five points. In seventh place, our Surrey County Cricket Club on three points. In eighth place, after a two-point deduction, our Durham County Cricket Club, they were on two points, but as a result of that deduction, they're now on zero points in eighth place. And in ninth and bottom position, of Group A at the end of the second week of fixtures are Somerset County Cricket Club on zero points. So Group A, just as is the case with Group B, is still wide open. And Paige, in terms of the concluding segment for today's episode, a little bit of a a big question, really, to wrap up today's show. Who do you think will top each group? Looking at the current pictures of Group A and Group B, which counties do you think will book their place automatically? into the semi-finals of this year's competition? I think Group B is a bit easier than Group A because I think kind of if you look at the table as a whole, you can kind of expect that. I think, you know, or maybe not the, ex- the exact positions, but you can all, you know, you'd expect kind of your Hampshire, your Lancashire to be in the top three, four, that kind of thing. Um, whereas Group A... Certainly when I first looked at it, as I say, I've been focused so much on Group B and then I kind of come to Group A just to have a have a quick look. It was quite shocking, you know, some of the teams seem to be kind of misplaced almost. You know, you don't expect Surrey to be seventh. You always expect them to be in the hunt and them to be the top in the group or certainly fighting for it. And not that I'm not saying that they won't kind of come through, but and especially Somerset was the biggest shock for me as well. So I think... With Group B, I would probably say, you know, kind of Lancashire, Hampshire, that's kind of your standard. Um, and just thinking about kind of, you know, the teams and how they've been affected or, you know, just where they're at currently, you know, I, I think that those teams can take them to the next stages. Um, whereas with Group A, obviously Middlesex are doing very well, um, but obviously Leicester are literally just right behind them and it's only because of run rate you know so one good game and one bad game can really affect that but then also you can have your middle teams as well they can just come out of nowhere so I'd like to see Leicestershire get through from group A I'd like to see them kind of top just because you know they've had some kind of bad luck lately and so to see them doing so well and it almost look out of place on that table is just fantastic and as I say as we don't have to deal with that yet, as we're still in Group B, you know, as Lancashire fans, um, I wouldn't mind them kind of 
progressing through and to see some of not your usual teams going through, you expect Surrey to say and Somerset to a degree to be getting to those next stages. And so um, I think Group A is far more exciting in some ways, you know, and or maybe even Sussex, obviously they're not far behind. Um, so I'd like, I think I'd like kind of those two kind of just to equal the table a little bit more. And then we'll see. I think it could be a very exciting kind of last games of the group stages when we come to it and teams will really have to kind of put in the hard yards. They most certainly will. And, and Group A, yeah, it is interesting. There are still, I'd say, six counties in the mix, only because Warwickshire have got that game in hand. I don't think the Bears are going to top the group. Don't worry, I'm not going to suggest that for one second. But in terms of semi-finalists, I'm going to go with Leicestershire. I think Leicestershire will top Group A. I really do believe that. And to be honest, I'd quite like them to do so as well. You know, they are a very likeable bunch of the Foxes. So I'll go with Leicestershire topping Group A. And then Group B, I think Hampshire. We're both in agreement there, Paige. Yeah. I was going to say, I think at this stage, five out of five, unless an absolute disaster strikes. I don't see Hampshire failing to qualify for the semis at the top of that group. So Leicestershire and Hampshire, interesting before the competition. Maybe not touted as being the potential favourites, but yeah, those will be our predictions then, heading into the rest of the 2022 Royal London One Day Cup group stage. But Paige, that is essentially it for today's recording of the Counter Cricket Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. It's been an absolute pleasure welcoming you on to the platform for your debut. Just before we say our final goodbyes for the recording, do you have anything to plug or promote? Any social media channels, websites, anything like that? Uh, yeah, well, obviously there is my own uh, Twitter, uh, but also, as you mentioned at the very start, I am the Her Game 2 ambassador for um, Lancashire, and that kind of covers Lancashire as a whole, not just the county cricket club, but also that, the Thunder. And we're really kind of building momentum over there to kind of spread awareness of sexism within the sport and also to promote women and girls cricket and talk to grassroots um, clubs and just empower you know women and girls to play the game because it's for as kind of the tagline suggests it's her game too it's everybody's game um so i would very much like to kind of direct people there because we're doing some great work and we have a merch line that is slowly building we have some cute wee badges and mugs and uh, flags and it's all going towards a great cause because cricket is just such a wonderful game. We all know that. We all love it. And there is no reason that anybody can't enjoy it, regardless of something as it's kind of simple as gender or anything else. You know, so it is, you know, it's a pleasure to work with them and to make some changes, you know, and make cricket for the better. A hundred percent, Paige. And obviously, we echo those sentiments here at the Counter Cricket Podcast. Cricket, definitely a game for all. And it is the greatest sport on the planet, isn't it? Without a shadow of a doubt. So we'll leave the links to both your personal Twitter and, of course, all of Her Games 2's social media channels in the podcast description below. Listeners, if you want to go and find those, you can feel free to do so in the description. It's just below the podcast. You should be able to find it very, very easily. But that is it from myself and Paige for today's episode of the Counter Cricket Podcast. To each and every single one of you wonderful listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the next one.